Welcome to the Doing Business in English podcast. I'm your host, Chrisia, and I'm going to share with you tips, advice, and conversations to help you improve your business English. Let's get started. Hi, welcome to episode nine of the Doing Business in English podcast. And today's episode is about how to make better sentences in English. I got an email recently from a list member who wants a coaching session on sentence structure. I'm really looking forward to this coaching session because she has her journal and we're going to talk about the challenges that she's having personally with sentences and we're going to go through and I'm going to help her out with that. And if you want this, you think about what you really want to improve and you can contact me. I'll give you some contact information at the end. But here's the thing. Sentence structure is extremely important. I decided that instead of just helping one person with this, I'll do a podcast episode on it with some general tips for everyone. And then if you need help with anything specific, you can contact me directly. Now, there's no need to take notes during this episode. You can join my list for free and get the PDF for this episode. And that is at lightningenglish.com slash sentences. I'll put a link in the description and I'll remind you again at the end of the episode. So these tips that I give you today, some more details and a link to a special sentence SOS playlist that I've made on YouTube will all be in that PDF. And for those of you already on my mailing list, whenever I give these links to free downloads, go ahead and get them. You won't be added to the list again. Just put in your first name and email address and you'll get the PDFs. So let's get started. Here are the six tips plus a bonus tip. Tip number one, make every sentence a complete thought that stands on its own. Now, this is nothing new, but somehow when I work with students, I can see that many people forget that a sentence needs to be able to stand alone. English sentences need a verb. Action words like walk, go, write, send, and do are verbs, but there are also state verbs like be, have, feel, think, and cost. And every sentence needs a verb in it, a main verb, something that is done in the sentence. Now, this doesn't include, for grammar reasons, this doesn't include special verbs like can, should, will, and things like that. You still need a main verb. Now, some sentences are just a verb on their own. For example, listen. That's a sentence, and it's just one word. It's a verb. But unless you're commanding or telling someone to do something, you also need a subject, which says who is doing the verb. Now, I know this is basic English lesson one, but you'd be surprised how many people write sentences that are missing a verb, especially when you're translating from a language where there are some sentences without verbs, like in Danish or Turkish. Check your English sentences and make sure you have a subject and a verb. Without that, it's not a sentence. Now, for your sentence to really have meaning, you need to make sure that you're using the right form of the verb. And if this is something you have problems with, I can help either one-to-one or with the Lightning Grammar system. You can join the waitlist for that at lightningenglish.com LGS. But obviously, your sentences aren't all just subjects and verbs, you know, I am cooking or, (laughs) yeah, things like that. You're going to add other things like objects, which is the person or thing the verb is being done to. Um, For example, I'm making dinner. Dinner is the object because it's the thing that I am making. 
You'll also want to add words to describe how, what, and when things are happening. Like, I'm making a delicious dinner tonight. Now that sounds more like a real sentence, but you're going to add extra words and phrases and a bunch of other things. But if your sentence doesn't have a subject and a verb, the rest is not going to make any sense. Tip number two, keep it simple. I've had students tell me that they want to be able to make long, complex sentences so that their English sounds better. Stop it. Long, complex sentences confuse your audience. You want your sentences simple and clear. There was a study from the American Press Institute, and they tested people's understanding of press articles versus the length of the sentence. So if an article had an average of eight words per sentence, readers were able to understand 100% of the content. So eight words in the sentence, they understood 100% of it. Now, when the average went up to 14 words in a sentence, readers understood 90%, which is still good, um, but it's something to be aware of. At 14 words per sentence, on average, they understood about 90%. By the time the sentences reached 43 words, readers understood only 10% of what they were reading. You need to keep your sentences short and precise so that your readers or listeners can understand. The added benefit is that you have less chance of making mistakes. If your sentences are getting too long, split them up into shorter sentences. But make sure when you split them up that they are two complete sentences with a subject and a verb. All right, so keep it simple. That's tip number two. Tip number three, make sure the sentence is relevant. Now, before you start checking a sentence to see if it's right, you need to first decide if you even need the sentence. Every sentence you say or write should be for a reason. You're trying to make a point, and if the sentence doesn't help you to do that or provide some relevant information, don't waste your time on it. Ask yourself, why am I saying this? Now, this is much easier in written English. If you practice this with your journal, and of course, if you've been listening for a while, I hope you're writing a journal. Otherwise, go to lightningenglish.com slash journal and get started. But if you're writing a journal daily, it's a good idea to go back every now and then and check your entries from a few weeks ago. You can also do this with work emails or any other written English that you have. Go through sentence by sentence and decide if each sentence actually provides relevant information. You may find that by taking some sentences out, you make your point even more clear. So tip number three is make sure the sentence is relevant. Tip number four for making better sentences in English is to check the flow and clarity. Now, wouldn't it be nice if everyone understood exactly what we meant the first time they heard or read it? This is the real world, sorry to say, and we say and write things that are confusing. When you're doing this in another language, things can get even worse. If you're talking to someone, the easiest way to make sure that they're not confused is to watch the person or people you're talking to. Look for signs of confusion and pause and make sure that you're clear. On the other side of this, if you're listening, get used to asking for clarification when you get confused or you're unsure about something. There's really no shame in that. And in fact, if you do it, people will feel more comfortable asking you to repeat 
or clarify something if they're confused. So it's a really good skill to have. Now, when you're writing, it's essential that you reread what you've written. Try reading it out loud and do it from the perspective of someone reading it for the first time. Misunderstandings are impossible to completely avoid, but you can take steps to make sure that your sentences are as clear as you can get them. So that's tip four, check the flow and clarity of what you're saying. Tip number five, use appropriate language. Now I'll explain what that means. Communication is about getting ideas from one mind to another. Your sentences are a tool for doing that. And in order to make sure that the message lands clearly with your audience, it's important to make sure that the sentence matches the audience. We have different ways of talking to different people in different situations. The types of sentences you see in a social media post or a text message aren't the same as you would see in a business email or here in a meeting. You have to be able to adjust your sentences to your audience so that it's appropriate. Some things to consider whether you're writing or speaking are, well, of course, your audience. How well do you know the people or person and what's your connection to them? You want to think about your formality. Is this a formal or informal situation? Your audience size is also an important consideration. Are you communicating with one or two people or a large group? This makes a difference. You also want to think about your method of delivery. Is it spoken or written? That's one way to split things up. But if you look at it, emails, brochures, business letters, phone calls, text messages, blog posts, and coffee break chats all have different styles. So think about how you're delivering your message. The last little thing I want you to consider is language ability. So considering there are about twice as many non-native English speakers in the world than native English speakers, chances are you're communicating with people who have learned English as a foreign language, like yourselves. You may need to adjust your sentence style when you're communicating with people at a lower level of proficiency than your own. So I'm going to just put a quick note here about swearing because this has come up really often with my students. It may be fun for you to use swear words in English. And for some languages like Danish, English swear words are a normal part of conversation and even kids use them. But it's a good idea to completely avoid swear words in a business setting and absolutely never in writing or as part of a presentation. And I'm saying that because I've had to help people with presentations that have had like the F word right up there on a PowerPoint slide. Please don't swear in English in a business setting. It's really not a good idea. So tip number five is use appropriate language. Let's move on to tip number six. Get in the habit of using digital tools to help you. There is no excuse for grammar and spelling mistakes in your written business English. When you're writing for work, you should absolutely use the tools available. If you're just using the spell and grammar check in Word, make sure you have the language set to the right setting. You can change it for each document or you can add English to your languages in your computer so that it detects it. Find out whether you should be using British or American English at work and set it up accordingly so that you can make sure that it's checking the grammar, checking the spelling in all of your documents. But even better than the built-in spell check and grammar check is Grammarly. Now, I'm not being paid to tell you this, but it is my favorite tool. 
Whether you use the free or paid version, it works wherever you're writing. It could be in a Word document, an email, or even a social media post that you're doing. And the suggestions that it makes are not just for obvious grammar and spelling mistakes, but it also makes suggestions about style, tone, formality, and a bunch of other aspects of writing. It can be really easy to become dependent on digital tools, so make sure that you're still writing your journal every day with pen and paper so you can get your practice in. And keep an eye on the corrections that Grammarly suggests. If you really want your English to improve, you need to use those same structures in your journal. And that brings us to my bonus tip. My bonus tip for today is practice. Even if you use English every day at work, that's not actually practice. It's performance. When you practice, you take away the stress of performance and you just work on making the action a comfortable, natural thing to do. I've mentioned writing a journal a number of times in this podcast episode because it's a quick, easy, effective way to make sustainable improvements in your written and spoken English. You can try out the things you're learning in a no-pressure situation so that you can become better and better at doing them. Make sure you write your journal without a dictionary or grammar help. I highly recommend going old school with a pen and a notebook. Do it for five minutes a day and see what a difference this makes. And in fact, when you see the difference, drop me an email and let me know. But it's not enough just to practice writing. You also need to get some clean input so that you get a baseline for correct English grammar, vocabulary, and spelling. So you need to read aloud. So that's out loud in your natural voice for five minutes a day to help you with that. Work emails don't count. Don't just read an email out loud. Find a book in English, a good blog, or something appropriate with the kind of sentence structure you like and you want your sentences to be like, and read it out loud for five minutes a day. Again, over time, this will improve your English. So that's it. Six tips for making better English sentences, plus a bonus tip. I hope this helps you to form better sentences in English. I'm going to be offering some pop-up online classes in different aspects of making sentences. I'm going deeper into the structure and the form, a little bit of the grammar. And so make sure that you're on the Lightning English email list so you'll know where and when to sign up for these classes. You can get on the list when you download the PDF for this podcast at lightningenglish.com slash sentences or by visiting signup.lightningenglish.com. If you found this episode helpful, rate it in your podcast app. And if you have any suggestions for how I can improve, please send them to me at chrisia at lightningenglish.com. I'm looking forward to being with you again here on Doing Business in English. Bye-bye.